0: Y'all ready? Y'all ain't ready. I promise. I promise you today that, that you're not ready. And 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 I and I say that because this this well maybe you are. Maybe it's not going to challenge you as much as it challenged me this week. Um this series is going to do a, a couple of, I said it would do a couple of things. Um if you grew up in church and in in and you grew up in religion, then it's going to challenge some things that you heard your entire life. Um, but if you're just now like stepping into church, or you're fairly new to church, and maybe you grew up, you know, Sunday or, or Easter, Christmas only, you know, uh, it, it probably isn't going to challenge you as much. But what it can do is a good thing. It, it will start to shape your identity in Christ. And so we are in week three, and we're gonna we're gonna go right into this because we are in week three. Of this series, sacred cows, and what a sacred cow is, is 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 a common tradition, or or a thought, or a saying, or a belief that that is in the church, that is holding believers back from their best life. And I, I kind of went into it last week. You know what what makes you know VCC or Curtis Jervis qualified to make what make the call on what a sacred cow is. And, and, and I said, you know, I spoke to a lot of people, but primarily it's that I believe these things and taught these things, you know, my whole life anyway, my whole ministry life. So like, this was a hard message. You ever, you ever preached a message that was for you? Oh, only me. Okay. Yeah, this one was tough for me this week, okay, for a lot of reasons. And so um, together real quick, let's stand and let's say our prayer together and, and prepare our hearts in our minds to receive everything that god has for us let's let's pray together awesome god give us eyes to see give us ears to hear give us a heart to receive give us mouths to confess all of the great things that you have already provided for us amen all right sit down hey why are we doing this because we believe that there has been some unintentional, but it happened nonetheless, dilutions of the truth over time. And and, and we can't afford as a church or as believers in general to allow the truth of the gospel to be diluted Um, because a diluted truth is a polluted truth, and a polluted truth is no gospel at all, okay? Hey, real quick, because I forgot to do this during worship. Josh Taylor led us on He's today. He had a baby this week. Show him some love real quick. Ooh. Baby is not here, but maybe will be here soon. They're chilling at home, right? Good stuff. So, oh, and we have other baby here this week. Baby Adler Braddock is here. So shoo, like, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. He's sleeping. Quiet. Okay, there we go. So we're talking about things in the church that, that, that have been around for a long time. And we're challenging those things. And we're challenging the language of those things. Um, Language is important because language creates culture, and culture shapes our life, and and, and life is what you live, okay? So what you understand of the gospel is important. And the language of Venture Community Church always has to be a language of truth. We have to strive and push to do that, okay? So with this, the true ultimate goal of this series is that we would embrace, say embrace. Okay, good. Y'all are with me today. And express, say express. Express. The pure grace of God, and the pure grace of God is untainted and undiluted. I'm not the only person who's going to be, you know, speaking today either. I've asked several people, and several people volunteered to come and speak today. So if you're one of those people who are going to be reading and sharing with us today, please be ready to go, okay? Because we're going to have to move fast, okay? So what cow are we killing today? I'm glad you asked, okay? This is the one we're doing. The belief that you must forgive and forget. Um, the Bible does not call you to forgive and forget. And I see some of your faces are like, it doesn't? And then behind that, it doesn't. Then the second thought is, because this is what happened with me, is what could possibly be wrong with forgiving and forgetting? What could be wrong with that? And I'll take it a step further and tell you this, not even God forgets. And that's even like Heretic. <laughs> Right? Y'all getting ready. Y'all getting your stoning gloves ready to drag me out in the road. Not even God forgets. And here's the truth that sacred cows always have an element of truth to them. But in most cases, there's just enough poison to contaminate our minds with ideas that aren't biblical. The Bible does not call us to forgive and forget. It's like if Josh, if I invited you over to my house and I gave you a sandwich and I said, listen, this is a great sandwich, but there's just a little bit of poop in it. It's a poop sandwich. It doesn't matter if it's a little or a lot, he ain't gonna eat that sandwich. But with the Bible, we're willing to accept it's a half truth, that's okay. No, a half truth is a whole lie, okay? The language is important, and the language that we use is important because this mixture of truth and error leaves people confused. It leaves them confused, and they, they know that something's not right because I have to forgive and forget. And you're sitting there, honestly ask yourself, okay, have you forgotten everything that anyone ever did wrong to you? No. So it leaves you confused, like, well, maybe I didn't really forgive them. Maybe I'm harboring unforgiveness in my heart. So instead of focusing on the messed up perspective, what, what that, that little bit of poison makes us do is start focusing on ourselves, and pure grace doesn't point to Curtis Ribble, pure grace points to Jesus. Amen. So suddenly, I'm not focused on the thing, I'm focused on me, and everything is messed up. You'll never, ever, 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 ever get what God wants for you if you're self-focused. Simple, okay? And poison, no matter how small an amount, can never make you healthy. If I gave you medicine, but I put a little bit of poison in there, it's going to affect how the medicine works, and it's not going to be good for you. Even if it's only a small amount, we cannot afford to be wrong about things, okay? The sacred cow we're considering this week is a perfect example. Because it sounds as though there couldn't be anything possibly wrong because, brother Christian, are we supposed to forgive and forget? Sister Christian, you're the only one. Nobody knows that song? That's a good song. No? You don't know that song? Yeah, that's a good song. Shouldn't we forgive and forget? Isn't forgiveness the Christian way? Y'all are quiet. (laughs) Hey, stretch real quick. We're just getting started. Okay, there is a number of underlying implications to this forgiving and forgetting thing, and it undermines the pure truth. The pure truth is this. Listen, and here's, here's something that's key. Listen, I'm gonna say it a couple times. Is that as we mature in our identity in Christ, and fully realize the forgiveness we've received from the Father through Christ, we'll forgive those who've hurt us. I'm going to say it again. As we mature in our identity in Christ and fully realize the forgiveness we've received from our Father through Christ, we'll forgive those who hurt us. An easier way to say that is maybe this way. Once we've come to understand our own complete forgiveness by him, Forgiving others becomes easy and part of our nature. Will we forget the wrong that has been done to us? No, and that's that's silly. That, 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 is, that is silliness because forgiveness means a lot of things, but it does not mean that we literally get amnesia and forget what happened. Because life can dish out some stuff, right? If life ain't dished out no stuff to you yet, live a little longer, it will, all right? Life dishes out heartbreak, hurt, betrayal, pain. Abuse, deception, sin, brokenness, fill in the blank, we could keep on going. One of my pastors says it this way. When you're viciously knocked down by life, getting right back up may seem very brave and very strong, but it's actually doing yourself an immense disservice. That don't sound Christian, y'all. You fall down, stay down. But listen, okay? Ignoring a serious injury will make it worse. Pain demands attention. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be embraced. It needs to be processed through the gospel before you can really move on. When you're hurt, honestly, it never feels like a good time to ground yourself, to stop for a minute. But sometimes it's absolutely vital. Several years ago, my family, um, my family was hurt pretty deeply. We, we were in the middle of a, of a, of a lot of mess, and, and we didn't know how to process it. We didn't, we didn't know what to do next, and we were forced to ground ourselves. One of my pastors called and said, you will not preach for the next four weeks. You will not answer an email. You will not post on Facebook. You will do nothing. We are grounding you. Think about it this way. Think about it like if you were at the airport and you were on the the runway there ready to take off and they said, this plane's having a few issues, don't worry, they're small, we're gonna keep on going. No. They ground that sucker till everything is ready to go. Why? Because what's inside is far too important for it to be broken, okay? You have to sometimes ground yourself and sometimes, although it may not look like the bravest thing to do, it is the best thing to do. And we're going to process some of that today. And we're going to consider some truths regarding the sacred cow. We're going to get to the Bible in a minute. Don't think I'm just ranting here, okay? First new covenant, covenant truth is this. Forgiveness is a choice. 2 Corinthians 5-7 says we walk by faith, not by feeling. Some, some translations say we walk by faith, not by sight. So our feelings, our feelings are based off of our senses, like what we can see, touch, taste, hear, smell. That, that's what gives us our feelings. So we walk by faith, not by sight. So forgiveness is this. To define it is this. The intentional choice to release a person from all obligation they may have towards you as a result of any offense they may have committed against you. Long, I know. I'm going to read it again. Forgiveness, the intentional choice to release a person from all obligation they may have towards you as a result of any offense they may have committed against you. So, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is not a feeling. At our house, we make this when, when something goes wrong in my house between my children, and one has to apologize to the other. Forgiveness is part of our house, it's part of our culture, it's part of what we do, but this is also something that we do. We say it's, the response is, hey, I'm sorry, I punched you in the face. The response is this, it's not okay, but I forgive you. How often do we allow it just to be okay? It's not okay. It's not okay that you punched me in the face. Because if it's okay, that gives you permission to do it again. It's not okay but I forgive you. Forgiveness is a choice, even though it's not okay. Why do we say that? Because as we mature in our identity in Christ and we realize who we are, we stop, say stop, Stop. walking by feelings and start walking by faith. Because at some point, you choose to forgive even when you don't feel like it. That's not hypocrisy. Forgiveness is by faith. And it's not hypocritical to rise above your feelings and operate in faith. Actually, that is what you're called to do. When you're in real faith, you never feel like doing what you're doing. Because everything natural is saying, Stop. are you insane? You're gonna forgive them. Forgiveness is by faith. And it's hey, here's here's something that's cool. This is tweetable right here. Your feelings are going to have to catch up with your faith. Allow your feelings to follow that faith. Don't don't flip it. If you flip it, it's messed up. If you let your faith follow your feelings, you are running on a treadmill and going nowhere. You're getting tired, but you're not going anywhere. Your feelings are going to have to catch up with your faith. We walk by faith, not by feelings. Two, forgiveness is our new nature. Isaiah 43, 25, God said, I, even I, am the one. Who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. Hey, that's cool. And I've read that passage a lot, but I've never stopped here and said, for my own sake. What? I thought he did it for me. No. It says right there, I wiped out your transgressions for my own sake. What does that mean? It means it's part of his nature. And since he cannot break his nature, forgiveness is who he is. He cannot be in, in what's the word? Consistent in his nature, he forgave us for his sake. Okay? Second Peter 1.4 says this. Share God's divine nature. We do. We share God's divine nature. So, we have forgiveness as part of our nature, right? That means that we choose to forgive because it's what? Say, our nature. Okay? Kind of heavy today. I feel like it is. Maybe it's just me. I did tell you this was for me after all. Y'all are just innocent bystanders. So, and just as he wiped away our transgressions for his sake, and, and because we have his nature, that means we wipe away the transgressions of others for our sake. It's not about them. And it was never about us. It was always about him. Okay? Forgiveness is our new nature. Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. We're going to talk about bitterness real quick in this. Anybody bitter in here? See, You ain't going to raise your hand. Okay? If you don't obtain the grace of God, that's what this is saying. If you don't obtain the grace of God, a root of bitterness will spring up, and it doesn't just affect you, it defiles everyone around you. Okay? So but bitterness isn't something we see. It's not one of those fun sins that we get to pick on. But it's something that everybody deals with. I don't see your bitterness, but you feel it. It's a deep thing. And we can look great and we can preach and we can show up to church. We can pay our bills on time and we can volunteer in the community, and we have bitterness growing inside of us like a weed that we can't extinguish. So I have to ask myself this question, and listen, I had a bitter week. OK, I had to I had to deal with some bitterness this week. OK, so I just started asking myself these questions. I started yesterday. This is not a this is not like I've been doing this for seven years. It works great. I started this yesterday. It does work. OK, I had to start asking myself these questions. Am I bitter? Well, let's see. Are you on replay? What that means is every conversation I'm replaying. I'm checking Facebook because I want to see. I hope your life sucks. Nobody does that, right? Nobody's blocked you and you're still trying to check them out, right? Yeah, you're laughing because you got those people, I know. You're just replaying them. You're, You're checking their body language. They said things they didn't say, but you heard it, you know? How do you know if you're bitter? Are you on replay? Two, is your mouth out of control? There's a direct connection between the trash of your mouth and the garbage of your heart. Mouth out of control. Three, am I sick? Did you know that scientists have concluded that bitterness left unchecked will affect you biologically? Higher blood pressure, heart disease. Bitter people die faster. Let's just say that. And they die from things involving their heart. Four, am I turning to other things for temporary relief? And I'm not just talking about the bad things, quote unquote, bad things. Am I turning to temporary things? Like maybe work. Like I'm just going to avoid everything. I'm just going to go to work. Or ministry. Or volunteering. Are you turning to other things other than Jesus for temporary relief? Five, is my circle bitter? Bitter. Because bitterness spreads. It affects everything. It has this way. It's something we can't see, but it's... sorry but something we have to deal with, and it challenges our new nature of forgiveness. But it's not an issue, pause, it's not an issue that I must forgive others or else. It's an issue of as you mature in your identity, you simply forgive because it's part of your new nature. It's not a I have to do this or else, it's something else entirely, hey, if you're reading for me today, I need you to be ready, and I need somebody fast. Who's fast? I'm having a hard time here. There we go. Emily, you look fast today. Yeah, stand up here. Hold this, and I'm going to have my people stand up, and you're going to run the mic to them, and they're going to read into the mic. You ready for this? Hey, Jesse, throw this up. We're about to talk something really cool. It's about to blow your mind. Say, blow my mind. There we go. Okay. I need Matthew 6, 14, 15 to stand up real quick. Don't read. Emily, get him the mic. Okay. We're going to talk real quick about this. It's not about I have to forgive or else. It's It's part of my new nature, okay? When I have my Bible, this is not my Bible, these are my notes, but it's split down somewhere in the middle, and there's a New Testament, and there's an Old Testament, right? Okay, so we're going to talk about the difference real quick between the New Testament, the Old Testament, and the New Covenant, and the Old Covenant, because they're very different. But it gets confusing if we look at our scriptures, okay? So real quick, read us Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Hold the mic up so we can hear you. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Does that sound like good news? No, because we suck at forgiving. Okay? St. C.S. Lewis said it this way. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a great idea until they have to forgive. Okay? So if my forgiveness is conditional on me forgiving you, and if I don't forgive you, I'm not forgiven? That's a problem for Curtis Ribble. That's a problem for you, every one of you, okay? Old Covenant, that's pre-cross. That's Jesus talking, but it's before the cross. Colossians 3.13, where you at? Colossians 3.13, 3.13, 3.13. Yeah, we'll skip that. I don't know who's supposed to read that. Ephesians 4.32. There we go. Run back there. Hurry, hurry in your heels. Hurry. Ephesians 4.32. Post-Cross New Covenant. Let's hear it. And to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgive one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgave you. Past tense. It's done. He already forgave you. Okay. Uh, Colossians 2:13. Who has that? JD, JD. Get to JD. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Fast, 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 fast. Colossians 2:13. I want to hear some New Covenant Post-Cross truth says you were spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were not free from the power of your sinful self, but God gave you new life together with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He forgave all your sins. You were dead, not no more. Where we at? First John 2:12. Randy, hurry, 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 hurry. Okay.
1: Hey. I am writing
0: to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. Nani, what do we got? Colossians three thirteen. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Lord forgave you. It's already happened. It's not conditional. It's not dependent. It does say you need to forgive others, but why? Because it's part of your new nature. It's not. It's not a have to. It's an I can. In that building. Next door, when we had our worship center over there, I remember praying in confusion, but I had a good heart. I try not to be like uh, reactive when I'm trying to comfort people. Um, you know, like, let me give you some passages right now to help your situation. Try just to listen and let it go now. That, that, this was way before, but I remember I was listening to someone's excruciating abuse story and their struggle, their struggle to forgive. And you know what passage of scripture I gave them? Matthew 6, 14 through 15. And I told them, if you don't forget I didn't say these words, but I said these words, if you do not forget the, forgive the bad man that hurt you, God will not forgive you. Come on, brother. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> Guys, come on. Something happened after the cross. And that condition was never there again. Suddenly, I don't have to forgive. I can forgive. It is a choice. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 17, for a testament is a force, when there hath been death, for it doth never avail while he that made it lives. What that means is this. Although our Bibles start New Testament, the new covenant doesn't begin until the cross. That's where the confusion lies. The Testament did not happen until his death. It wasn't active, it wasn't real, it wasn't there. Jesus was speaking in Matthew 6, 14, 15, but the law was still there. The cross had not yet happened, so he was speaking of the law because that's all there was. Grace had not happened yet. Guys, that's cool, that's good news. Your forgiveness is not conditional, smile. (coughs) Forgiveness, three for our healing I have my worship team make their way up I said something earlier and it bothered me when I wrote it and it, and it and it confused me for about a week I said that not even God forgets and you're not required to forget neither does God forget our sins did you know that the Bible actually never says that he forgets your sins? Not one time. I, I, I looked at Hebrews 10 17, and this is the passage that most people look to. And in looking through over 30 translations of Scripture, I looked for the word forget. And in over 30 translations of Scripture, there is one translation that actually does say the word forget. But good Bible study tells me that if 30 plus other ones translated the scriptures to this, these words, then these are the more accurate translations. And what the Bible says in Hebrews ten seventeen, it does not say that he forgets our transgressions. It says this, he does not remember them. There's a difference and there's an important difference. Why does it matter? What is the difference? Here we go. To forget means that you have no ability to bring to mind the forgotten thing. That that it's impossible for you to bring it back. Okay. My God knows everything. An omniscient God does not get amnesia. Okay. And a popular teaching that I heard growing up was this, that, that he casts our sins into a sea of forgetfulness. And I went and I looked at that passage in Micah, and it doesn't say that he cast it into a sea of forgetfulness. He says he cast our transgressions into the depths. It doesn't mean that he forgot what it means, and it's good news is that he separated them from me. The word remember is, is broken out this way. Re is a prefix, which means to return to a previous condition. Member is, is one of a group, one that belongs or a part of the body. So the word remember means this. To re- in this context, it re- re- means this. To return something to a previous condition by making it belong to or join again with something. The Bible doesn't say that God forgets our sins. It says that he separates us and he says, I remember them not. I will never. Come on. It says, I will never attach them to you again. Never. After the cross, something happened that changed everything. We saw it. It was no longer conditional. It was that he will remember no more. First Corinthians. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me." Jesus is saying, the Bible is saying, the gospel is saying, "I will remember your sins no more." But we're going to have we're going to receive communion today and what is being said here is that we ought to remember we ought to reattach we ought to hold on to because why we belong we belong and we're affirming that union with him why because we're remembering so ought we forget no when we're talking about forgiveness and, and, and transgressions of others ought, ought we forget no but we ought not remember Now, that's not saying that right now, this moment, that you've got to not remember everything. Because remember, it is a choice. It's not like if you fail to forgive, you get a one-way ticket, don't pass, go, don't collect $200 to hell. That's, That's not what this is. God is saying, when you are mine and you find your identity in me, you choose to forgive because you can. You can't do it alone. You can with me. Not because you must, but because you can. It's not okay, but yes, I forgive you. We release others from obligation and remember no more for our sake and for our freedom. Although we may never forget, we walk healed. Stand with me real quick. Adventure. Venture, we practice, I, I call it open communion. That means that You're you're welcome to, to to take of communion. Um, And what we're going to do today is this, is I'm going to, we're not even having anybody serve it. We're going to close in a time of worship. And in that time of worship, everything is set up over there. You can go, and you can get what you need, and you can come back, and you can worship. And you can remember then 1 Corinthians 11, it says, this is my body, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Affirm this union between me and you, between me and you. And in that moment, I believe that you are going to experience healing that I can't do. Bitterness is going to begin to shrivel and die in this house. Healing is going to happen. Close your eyes with me real quick. Father, we thank you today. God, we praise you today. And God, we speak against the heartbreak. God, we speak against the hurt and the betrayal and the pain and the abuse and the deception and the sin and the brokenness. God, I ask that you would help us today to forgive, to choose to forgive. That this house today would be known as a place of freedom and healing. Father, we praise you. That you choose not to remember our transgressions. And you will never attach those to us again. And when we choose to say yes to you, Jesus. You cast those things far away. Father, that all we have to do is say yes to you. God, we thank you. We praise you. So guys, what we're gonna do is the team's gonna begin to lead us and whenever you're ready. And if you don't want to, that that's fine. No pressure. The communion elements are right over here. You can take them. You can go right back to your seat. And you receive communion at your leisure. We're not going to direct it. We're not going to do anything. Just receive it at your leisure. And remember that you have a seat at the table. You are welcome with him. Lead us to